Uh, so I got ran over by a truck and um, the truck um, dragged me for a block and a half and it ran over my body and it left me basically for dead. The doctor was telling my mother that I never walk again or I'd never be able to function on my own. So they thought I was gonna be in a vegetative state. The ambulance didn't pick me up to take me to the hospital. There's a police officer that picked me up and brought me to the hospital. And a, it was a hero that came into my life and made a decision to, um, to put everything that he believed in, everything he's supposed to do on hold to save me. At my house, I watched a football game I'm looking at a football game. I think it's my first time probably watching one that I can remember. And I was so in, um, excited and, you know what I mean, drawn into this sport that I wanted to do it. I'm in a wheelchair. There's no way I'm going to be able to do it, especially at that level. So I went to my mother, told her all excited, and said, Mom, I want to play. I said, Mom, Mom I want to play NFL. I want to play. I want to play NFL. And my mother know the, the information the doctor gave her that I'd never walk again. She know that. But just being her, being the mother she is, how loving and supportive she is, um, she gave me encouragement. She gave me um, uh, a will, gave me hope, and told me that um, she's behind me. She has my back. Anything I want to do, anything I want to accomplish, she's with me. And that gave me strength. It'd be 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, I not care what time it was. After I had a conversation with my mother, told her I wanted to play NFL, she told me to go, up, go for it. I just get up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I practice. Everybody's sleep, the whole world's sleeping, I'm working. At that young age, I had the, uh, a certain uh, fight in me that, you know what I mean, I don't know where it came from. I'm, I'm thinking it came from God. God's like, yo, look, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna have you, have you do some little, little more work to get what you want. Yeah, you can manifest it. You can make it happen. You just gotta dream it and believe it and work. Welcome to episode 124 of American Real, where this week we bring you the inspirational story of Leroy Collins. In 1982, at the age of six, while playing outdoors with his younger brother Ernie and his cousins, the unthinkable happened. Ernie ran into the street and Leroy tried to stop him from being hit by a U-Haul style truck, but it was too late. Ernie was struck first and then Leroy. The impact was hard and direct as Leroy was tossed into the air before being run over by the truck, which dragged him for a block and a half. 
the tragic story, and Leroy's survival is nothing less than a miracle, and it's all documented in his newly released book, The Running Back, True Story from the Wheelchair to the NFL. And speaking of books, have you thought about writing your very own bestseller? If you have but don't know how to get started, I want to help. Join me and Andre Heichel Jr. starting January 1st, 2020 for an interactive incubator course to birth your own book. Check out the link in the show notes for details. And now, without further ado, I bring to you Mr. Leroy Collins. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Leroy Collins, retired NFL running back, author, and dreamer. Yes. Leroy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate you making the trip today down from the Syracuse area. Mm-hmm. And is that home? Yes. No, I live in Fulton, New York. Okay. So I live in Fulton. It's like um, right outside of Syracuse, um, near Oswego, if you know, people know where Oswego at. Where it's yeah. real cold. Yes. Oh, yeah. We, we're around a snow belt. And if it's, if, if it's not snowing any place in the world, it's snowing in Fulton and in Swigo, for and, sure. And is that where you grew up? No, I grew up in Hudson, New York, um, born and raised. And, um, and then after high school, then I, I started traveling, venturing out colleges and, you know, pro teams and stuff. So um, Hudson, Hudson, New York. Okay, great. Yeah. And we'll get into all that today. But yeah. Your your story is fascinating. You just came out with a new book. We're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about that. But I'd love to start by uh, having you take us back mm-hmm. to where your story kind of all begins, and that's 1982, as right. I understand. And mm-hmm. and um, there was an accident. Yes. Um, so I was when I was I was six years old. I was in a car accident. Um, I keep saying car accident. A truck accident. Uh, so I got ran over by a truck. And um, the truck um, dragged me for a block and a half, and it ran over my body, and it left me basically for dead. And um, I got when I got rushed to the hospital, I was pronounced dead at the hospital. And you know the doctors had to revive me. And then after I I, were, I got revived, I went into a coma. Um, but throughout that time, the doctor was telling my mother that I never walk again or I'd never be able to function on my own. So they thought I was going to be in a vegetative state after I got a coma, but they wasn't sure until they actually, until I actually came out and my brain stopped, my, my brain swelling went down. Um, so they really couldn't give a clear diagnosis. So once all that happened, then they was able to tell my mother that they're not sure and until I woke up in the hospital and I started talking. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any memory of it? I don't. So it's the, the only thing I remember from... The time I woke up in the hospital is, the, I mean, from the accident to I woke up, in the, woke up in the hospital was saying hi to my aunt. My aunt was standing over top of me, and I said hi to her. I remembered her, uh, but I don't, I don't know how I got into the hospital. I don't know what happened. I don't know anything about the car accident and anything that happened before then. So it's like my life started when I woke up in the hospital and saw my aunt. Wow. But I remember who she was, but I don't remember anything else. But you do have memory of, of when you were six years old. 
Um, Being in the hospital, seeing your Oh, yeah. When I was in, after I woke up out of the hospital, that's when my memory kind of started. Anything okay. before that, none. Interesting. Absolutely not. Not, not even, a, a, I mean, I can't even focus back that, that, that far. I can remember waking up in the hospital like it was yesterday, but nothing before that. Okay. And I understand you had multiple injuries. You had broken bones. You had all kinds of uh, injuries to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit more about that and and what happened. How long did it take for you to recover? And what was your what was your state? Yeah, so um, I had uh, broken ribs, uh, uh, broken collarbone, uh, broke, two broken legs, had a fractured skull. Um, I had thirty percent of my body was covered in um, road burns, so it was like thirty percent of my skin was ripped off my body. Um, uh, so then I just, just the other little scars, bumps and bruises that I had. And, you know, so after the doctor said, I, you know, I never, I was going to be in a vegetative state. Um, I woke up in a hospital, all that kind of changed, but he still also said I was, no, was going to never be able to walk again. Um, and that was, that was kind of true for a while. Um, uh, so I was, I was, I was subdued to a wheelchair and a walker or my mother carried me around to carry me around the house, carry me to bed, carry me to take a bath, carry me to the table to eat. Um, so, uh, still unable to walk. So I was, that was, went on for like a year and a half, um, close to, close to a year and a half. And then, uh, one day the, you know, miracle happened and I started walking. Um, I started walking and, um, and taking steps on my own. We always practice and always, and I was unable to do so. Um, but, um, after a while, after about a year and a half, I, I mean, just a lot of prayer, a lot of working, a lot of, a lot of doing extra work. Um, got me in that wheelchair. Wow. And I read somewhere that I believe your dad was the first one on the scene. Is that right? No, no. So um, the my dad was, uh, he came to the hospital. The first one on the scene was, um, it happened my, when my cousin, my aunt was the first one on the scene. But the, um, the, the wonderful part about this whole story is that the ambulance didn't pick me up to take me to the hospital. There's a police officer that picked me up and brought me to the hospital because the the ambulance was our, it was actually an accident like uh six blocks from where where I was where that my accident happened that the ambulance was all they was taking there was handling a two car accident in that location so all the ambulance was there helping people which had would die which died in that accident um a couple blocks away but they were busy with that and so it was like a couple minutes apart. This this happened to me, and it's a it was a hero that came into my life, and made a decision to um, to put everything that he believed in, everything he's supposed to do, on hold to save me, and brought me to the hospital. Wow! Did you ever meet him? Oh yeah, I, st- I still talk to him. So uh, I actually talked to him. I you know I interview interview with him. I talk with him. Um, actually, this summer, this summer we had a chance to talk and interview. I took pictures with him. Um, and you know he's still alive today, and you know he's he's a great dude, great yeah. guy. He's he's actually in a bed now. He's he's he hasn't walked in years because he's um he's bedridden now because of his his illnesses that that he have. But um great dude, great guy. Oh, that's so nice. You're able to yeah. meet him. Yeah. Did they find out what happened? Did they piece it together? You, you were with your brother, I understand. Yes. Playing. So, yeah, we was actually playing. Um, we was actually running, going to actually heading to the store, and. Uh, my brother got hit first down the street, which is my brother is actually live here in Binghamton. He's a pastor here in Binghamton. No kidding. Yeah. So he's here in Binghamton. And he's a pastor. It's, it's kind of, kind of funny, but, 
Um, uh, so he got hit up the street, and then the truck continued driving. And it was a high, higher truck, like a U-Haul style truck. So me, us as little kids, and when he's, you know, my brother got hit the side of the car door and flew off to the sidewalk and landed on the sidewalk. Um, and the truck continued while he was probably looking at, you know, I mean, really don't notice the, you know, the ins and outs. Cause I haven't interviewed the, the guy that actually that hit us, but um, this is my thought of it. He hit here, so he's looking this way, and he hit somebody here. Cause after I got hit, I got thrown ten yards, ten yards in front, and the truck kept driving, and my my clothes got attached underneath the truck, and so I was being dragged underneath the truck. So the truck was still moving, and so he don't know if he hit anything or not. I mean, he knew he hit something. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I haven't interviewed him, but I was being dragged for a block before he stopped. And my clothes came unattached. And when my clothes came unattached, the truck ran over my body and then ran over my head. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Just to think about it. I mean, me writing a book and have to go into the details about it is, um, it's like, like, wow. Yeah. You know? I, I can only imagine what your family went through. At the time, both boys were hit, mm-hmm. and then your injuries were were extremely severe. So, okay, so you 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 end up walking one day. Yeah, and tell us yep. about that. So, the when before I started walking, what happened is that I had a, this dream to accomplish, to accomplish something. I try. I had. A, I sat at my house. I watched a football game. I'm looking at a football game. I think it's my first time probably watching one that I can remember, and I was. So and um, excited and you know I me mean, and drawn into this sport that I wanted to do it. I'm in a wheelchair. There's no way I'm going to be able to do it, especially at that level. You know, one it was like one percent, one percent of a, a person, one percent goes to play in the NFL. One percent of the world go play in the NFL. But I'm sitting there and I'm watching this game and I wanted to play, but I'm in a wheelchair. So obviously it's something that you know has to happen for me to be able to play in the NFL. I got to walk. So I went to my mother, told her all excited, and said, Mom, I want to play. I said, Mom, Mom, I want to play NFL. I want to play. I want to play NFL. And my mother know the the information the doctor gave her that I never walk again. She know that. But just being her, being the mother she is, how loving and supportive she is, um, she gave me encouragement. She gave me um, uh, a, a will, gave me hope, and told me that um, she's behind me. She has my back. Anything I want to do, anything I want to accomplish, she's with me. And that gave me strength, and and I started working. I started practicing because we used to have this hallway that was narrow that I could hold on both sides and try to practice up and down the hall. And you know, I fall, get up, fall, get up. But they say my mother used to sit on one end of the hall, my father the other end of the hall, and they said she'd turn me around, hold me, and let me go. And I used to hold on to the wall and try to walk down, and and then I fall down, or or you know, saying they have to pick me back up, or whatever the case is. But then when I make it to my father, he's turned me around and do the same thing. So it'd be three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. I don't care what time it was. After I had a conversation with my mother, told her I wanted to play NFL, she told me to go up, go for it. I just get up three, four o'clock in the morning and I practice. Everybody's sleep, the whole world's sleeping. I'm working. I'm I'm practicing. I'm I'm walking down the hall. I hold on to my 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 bed. You know, I'm six, seven years old, probably seven years old now. Crawling. I'm crawling on the floor to get to my my place where I can. I can, you know, you know, walk and practice, and you know saying so. I, I always did it that at that young age. I had the uh, a certain uh, fight in me that, you know, what I mean, I don't know where it came from. I'm, I'm thinking it came from God. God's like, yo, look, you know, what I'm saying you're gonna have you 
have you do some little, little more work to get what you want. And you can read the books. So my life kind of been like that. But so I just had that the, the passion, desire to get, to, to get up and to, to walk and play, go to NFL. And then I say uh, months later, it's just like my mother did. She took put me in the bathtub and and amazingly, my legs stretched out, my hips straightened out, I mean straightened up, and I was able to walk. I had any more pain. So what did, what were the doctors saying at this time? What, what did they tell your parents? Um, they just said that um, because my hips were were seized, they were locked. You know what I mean? So I couldn't. I was no way I could stand straight up. And my and my calves, it was like my heels couldn't touch the ground. So imagine my hips being locked in and my calves can't touch the ground. You know, my my heels can't touch the ground. So, um, and so basically walking, I'm on my tippy toes. The, you know, all the time, and I'm bent over, and even when I'm holding onto the wall, even my walker, and so they just said that um, my legs just, just, I mean, the exact words they used, but they said my, I just won't be able to walk, my my hips are locked, my my nerve nerve damage, and, and it was a bunch of stuff that you know they uh, they thought, but I defied all that, defied all that. So the, when I actually started walking, I went in for a. Uh, a checkup with the doctor, the doctor couldn't believe it. The doctor, I remember the doctor has said, um, like, Leroy, is that you? Is that really you? You know, because um, it was just uh, it was just that amazing to him as it was to everybody else that, you know, I mean, even more for him because he he, he saw what beforehand, he saw me at my worst. He saw, um, you know, me in that position and said that, you know, he gave his diagnosis because he that's what he believed. Right. And so when he saw me, it was like, Oh my goodness! Are you, are you kidding me, Leroy? Is that really you? And saying so, and then from that point on, it was like you know, I never looked at it as oh God it was a miracle. God, God, um, you know, saved me. I just like I, my whole focus was like I'm going to the NFL. <laughs> I said well, I can walk age. now. Now I'm ready to play. But it seems to me that that your parents pay, played a key role in, in giving you number one the confidence mm -hmm. to be able to do that and and the strength to be able to to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So usually when I get up in a in a middle of the nights, when I used to get up and walk, I did it. I did it often. I mean, not every day, but I did it often. And the one thing that I used to hear when I walk by my mother's room door and sometimes it, it I mean, it was only sometimes I used to catch her in there crying and praying. She's always praying, just saying, praying, like telling God to fix me. Uh, God, protect my, protect, my, protect my kids, watch over my kids. So she always prayed and I always hear her praying. She always like rubbed blessed oil on my legs and always prayed on my legs. So like, you know, um, heal, heal my child, heal my child. And saying, so this happened often, just like, just like all the time. So it kind of told me like, you know, let me try this prayer thing out. Let me try praying. You know what I mean? So I started praying. I started, you know, praying. I started getting up, walking late at night. And I started praying, getting up, walking late at night. And then I actually had a dream. It was like weeks before I even took my first steps, I had a dream of me playing with the kids, running. This is my first time I remember, because remember, I woke up in the hospital. I never remember they even walk. I don't remember anything before that. So as far as I know, I never walked, okay? So I had a dream of me running with these kids outside weeks before it happened. And then when it happened, I was, it did, you know, it, did, it just came came through. And I just, oh, yeah. and I, I was out there running, playing with the kids. I wasn't, I was still had, a, I still walk with a limp. I still walk with weakness. I still had those things I still had to overcome, but the fact is I was taking steps on my own. Wow. And that was that was amazing. That was a miracle. Just incredible. Yep. Okay, so now take us from what, what 
what age are you about now? Seven, eight years old? I'm eight years old. Okay. Seven, eight years old. And, and um, when was the first time you actually participated in a sport and started playing? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so then I, so I started, I mean, I'm still, like I said, I walked with a little limp. I was, you know, trying to, you know, working my way around, having fun. But then football signups came around and I was ready. I was ready. I'm like, this is it. And then as soon as I go to, uh, to go sign up for football and tell my mother it's football season, I want to play. She said, no, absolutely not. You're not playing no football. I'm like, how am I get to the NFL when you ain't going to let me play football, you know? Uh, so she said, no, nah, it's not happening. I'm not playing. She, you know what I mean? I'm obviously, because you know, I was dead a, a, year, a year or so ago, and I just learned how to walk and um, walk again. There's no way she's going to let me go out there and play a contact sport. So, um, so she said no, so I ended up not playing. Okay. That year. And then the next year rolled around, I would not be denied. I went to every football game, like every um, all season. I went to I went to many football games I can. Uh, my uncle took me around to the, any practices he can take me to. Fucking watch, you know what I mean? So, so I I was involved, very involved, even then. I mean, it's like I mean, where the, where, where the passion came from? Why football, not golf or not baseball, or whatever? You know what I mean? Why football? But it was just something that 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 I got drawn to. And so when she said no the first year, the second year came around, I was not going to hear that no again. I was saying, but then I heard it. I heard the no again. I said, she said, she said, no, you ain't playing football. She's just protective. And you know what I mean? She's just happy to have her baby back walking and stuff. Uh, and then so what I did, I went and signed a permission. I got a permission slip signed by somebody else. Um, and I got my uncle signed a permission slip. I handed it in, and I was on the team. <laughs> so I played football for a couple of weeks before she found out oh, wow. and then yep um i was like at at my aunt's i was always saying i'm with my cousins or with my aunt at my aunt house or my grandmother wherever whatever whatever i had to make up their time for i can practice i can go to practice or with friends house and you know friends would drive me back and forth to practice and uh until she found out and then she took me off the team and uh when she took me off the team i was devastated i can um, only imagine but um and how old are you now? Nine? Ten? I'm I'm nine years old. I'm nine okay. years old. Eight, nine years old. Still eight, nine. Was football season? I'm nine years old this time. And um, and so after she took me off the team, my uh, my coach. I talked to the coach and told the coach, "Please talk to her. Let her know, man. I want, I mean, I'll be okay. I want to. You know, I want to play this game. Tell her you. Know what I'm saying everything's everything work out. It's not that tough. It's not that hard. Say something to her." So the coach actually talked to her and told her that he was going to protect me. He's going to look out for me. He's going to make sure nothing happened to me. Um, she said he just wanted a uniform. He just wanted to be on a team. He wanted to be part of a team. He just wanted a uniform. This guy was crazy. He had no idea that I planned. My plan was going to the NFL, but he said whatever he had to say to get me on that team, I was I was uh, I was willing to accept. So he he told her I just wanted a uniform, and uh, my mother said, well. You protect my baby. Maybe I let him play. So, you know, my first year of football was a lineman. He put me out there. I was a lineman. I played a couple minutes each game and uh, all the way to the season ended. So I was a lineman. I was on the team. I was I was happy to be there, you know what I mean? But I wanted to be a running back then. I okay. wanted to be a running back all the way back then because I fell in love with Roger Craig. I love Roger okay. Craig. So I wanted to be a, a running back. And, um, and then uh, but I was a lineman. But I was close. I was I was on the team, and That's I was there. Great. I was on my way. That's so. wonderful. Yeah. 
Okay, so now by now you're you're getting older. You're you're playing what Pee Wee, and then mm -hmm. and then the next levels. So t take us through your your um, career before the NFL. Before the NFL, well, so um, so <clears throat> first of all, how how I even got noticed as a football player now because I was a you know I was a, I was a limping kid. I was a, a kid that just. Learn how to walk. I was still limping. I was not an athlete. And people were trying to protect me. People were telling me, Leroy, don't do that. You get hurt. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Uh, don't do that. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be over there. Um, so before that, I was a lineman. So it was uh, my second year and Pop Warner. I think I might be might be doing peewees at the time or peewees. My second year, I was still a lineman. If coach put me in the last couple minutes of the game. We had the ball. So I'm blocking. Our guy fumbles the ball. They pick it up, and we we're winning at the time. But they would have scored; we, they would have won. So they pick up the ball. They, uh, our guy fumbles. The other team picks it up, take off running down the field, and I go after. Him. I'm chasing to run after him. This would be my first tackle. This would be my first like attempt to tackle ever. I'm running after this kid. I passed our running back. I passed our receivers. I passed everybody. I just passed everybody. I'm running past everybody. I'm running past their blockers, and I catch this guy at the one-yard line. So I catch him, tackle him, you know what I mean? So now things change now. Now I'm not that handicapped kid anymore. I'm not that crippled kid that they just won a speed. uniform. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, now I'm somebody that, that can, can possibly play. That means saying I can, you can probably do something with. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of opened up. They said, man, you were fast. You can't believe I didn't know how fast you were because you never, never gave me a chance. You never gave me a shot, you know? So um, from that point on, it was just like I got a chance to play receiver. Um, next year, I got a chance to, uh, you know, play a little bit running back here, a little running back there. And then once I went to JV is when they actually say, we want you to play a running back. And okay. then I went there. And, um, I mean, that's my only – I wasn't just receiver and everything. I was just a running back. In high school. In high, in high school, yep. Yeah. And then um, I went there, and then I was – I just went there and, and started, started dominating. You know what I mean? So I had to had to go through the ranks and and you know those guys ahead of me that I had to beat out. You know what I mean? But so I worked harder than everybody else. I was working harder than everybody else. I was I, I was doing I was working out, running hills, and I was just doing stuff. But during that time, my limp went away. I wasn't limping anymore. Okay. I wasn't limping anymore. I was I wasn't limping for a while anymore. So I was just getting stronger and faster. I didn't have no limp. I didn't have no no signs of an injury except for scars. And no signs of the car accident except for um, the truck accident except for scars. And um, so. Once I um, got to JV, I had to compete for a spot, and I was competing. You know what I mean? There was a couple guys ahead of me that was pretty good. Um, so, but I ended up getting some shine, got a chance to, to really show, showcase my skills and show that, you know, this guy got some talent at running back. You know what I mean? I just had a lot of passion at it. You know what I mean? I was fast. I was faster than everybody else. You know what I mean? I think a lot, lot, one thing I was faster than everybody else because I trained and worked out all my life. You know what I mean? I was running fast. I was running all my life, man, because I was always trying to overcome the adversity I had with the injuries. Yes. But then I also was trying to get to the NFL. So I had I was I was working harder than everybody else. And then I um ended up getting a starting job at the, went to uh, varsity, uh, still competed with somebody, but eleventh grade I got a starting job and my first year starting at varsity, I got I broke the New York State Russian I mean the section two Russian record. And then my senior year I broke the New York State Russian record. Yes. So I was a New York State Russian leader in upstate New York and um Two thousand five hundred and fifty-nine yards. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm averaging twenty plus yards a carry. 
Um, wow. 20 plus yards of carry. And I, um, and then, you know what I mean, but the only thing I struggle with now is saying I, I got the football thing done. Grades. I had grades was the issue and why I had, con had score contact from Florida State, North Carolina, uh, you know, Michigan, you name the Syracuse, you name the schools, everybody contacted me. I had letters from everybody, um, but I didn't have the grades. Um, you know, I struggled in school a lot and I started to turn around after a while. You know, I mean, you know, I obviously have to make it, you know, you want to make it to the NFL. You, put, you know, obviously the route was to go through college and then NFL, but I, um, I didn't have the grades. And uh, even though I did turn my grades around after a while, but I didn't have enough during the time when I needed to to get the the scholarship that I wanted. So it, it, that brought me to junior college, and then I went to junior college for um, my first year of junior college. Didn't do too well there. Bombed out there. It, I had struggled there big time. I busted my knee up, and then uh, after I hurt my knee, I picked up some bad habits and started doing some stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. And almost ruined my career, and um, and then I I turned it around. I remember I turned it around. Remember while I was doing this thing, and I got back on my horse, and I got an opportunity to go back to another junior college. Went there, broke their junior college record. Um, then I went off to then from that point I got a scholarship. I started getting letters from everybody else again, like I did in high school. And then I picked uh, ended up going to the University of Louisville. Great. And then went there, went to Louisville. I broke seven records in Louisville. And uh, I had my opportunity. Then, they, then that that conversation of me and the NFL started become started to come alive. It started to become something real now. And then I, you know, I got an opportunity to go to um, play for Washington Redskins. That's got, awesome. I, I didn't get drafted, but I got signed as a free agent to Washington Redskins. What was that moment like? It was um well, it was the draft day was a was a bit of a it was a bit of an uh, a thing that you know what I mean that. That can destroy somebody if they weren't prepared for it. Throughout my life, I had to prepare myself for certain things. I was always in some kind of fight, in some kind of battle all the time. So when draft day happened and things went the way it did, um, because I supposed I was supposed to be a top draft pick, and and then work out that way. I mean, it was completely 360 for what I thought it was gonna be, and so just that devastation. Um, if I wasn't built or um, prepared for prepare myself for letdowns and setbacks and stuff like that throughout my career, throughout my life before the NFL, I think I would have I would have destroyed. I would I would have I was self destructed. But um, but I, it was something that you know what I mean. I kind of okay, that's, okay. Another hurdle I got to cross over. Another battle. Another hill I have to climb. You didn't another, give up. I didn't give up. I didn't give up. So and then I ended up, ended up signed to, to Washington. Um, but once I got there. And now it's time for me to prove something to you guys. Not that you messed up that lets you know you should have made a different choice, you know. And then after I get there, then you messed up. But um, like I said, it didn't, it, didn't, it, it was it didn't work out for me on draft day. But once I got there, it's like a different world. It's a completely different world. It's uh, it was it was. I mean, as far as the the you know the people, the energy, just uh, the atmosphere, how they treat you. And it was just something that I, I really enjoyed, and I, I, I love being there, and I love being part of that. And it was something, everything that I, I worked for, it's like, okay, wow, eight years old, I dreamed to be here. I dreamed to be here. And I'm like, dreams do come true, man. You know, it's, it's consistency. Consistency is the thing that makes this thing come alive. And I mean, and the work I put in it, 
um, I put life in it, so I, I was able to live it, and um, and that's and that that right there is what I ha always go back to, and and you know, space will led me to to this place right here. Wonderful. So how long did you spend in the NFL? Um, so I was with Washington. So that year in Washington, I only I was only in Washington for that training camp that year, but then I went up to Jacksonville. I was in Jacksonville for a year and a half. Wow. Um, so I was, in a, I was in a practice squad, and then I went into the training camp the second year, and um, I got released from that the training camp, and then I went off to Canada and the XFL. I, I just I dabbled around a little bit until, you know, it was like you know it's uh it was about around retirement time. So um, then I played a little XFL. I mean, played a little um, arena league. Okay. And then I played um then I played the the semi pro league, and then I just I hung the cleats up, but. Like I said, everything that I dreamed to, I dreamed to get there. It opened the door up for so many other things, and, I, and now I get to do things now in my life that I wouldn't have been able to done if I never got that experience. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, everything, everything is, is a blessing. Incredible. Yeah. So, you talked earlier about uh, your mom praying, and you yourself became a person of faith, um, praying yourself. So, how how important is your Faith to you, uh, it's it's uh it's huge. Um, like I said, I um like before when I just prayed long time ago. I really never. I just knew that you know, prayer was something that my mother did because she believed in it, and then it's something that I I start develop in prayer and seeing that it gave me comfort, it gave me um and um more of a uh, understanding, but it also um, things started happening. You know what I mean? Things start happening when I start believing, start praying. Um, things start going my way. And that's why um, that, well, I mean, saying me going to the NFL, I don't look at it as me going to, me not being drafted in the NFL. Because I always, I did dream of me being the number one draft pick in the NFL. I dreamed of me being, uh, you know I mean, a superstar and, you know, doing all these big things. I did dream that. And, you know, so my thing was I believed I would get there and I got there. But sometimes we in dreams in the, in our in our journey we're gonna go to certain places not gonna probably be for us. Yeah. That journey could be for somebody else because of the fact that we all living for somebody else. You know, we 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 live we're doing stuff for ourselves, but we're here for to be a service to other people, and that's what that's what my life has become. I mean, and I and I and I I love it. So my faith is huge. My I mean, I I believe I pray all the time. I pray for people. I pray for. I pray for my, I mean, I pray for myself, but I pray for people every time. I give thanks every day because I'm thankful for where I'm at and I am and what I'm able to offer. And, and, and my, I, I'm thankful for my journey. It's been, a, it's been a, a struggle, a tough one, but I'm thankful for it. Yep. So you've, you've overcome so much adversity in your life. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you say you struggled with your, your grades. That affected you getting into a, a, maybe a D1 school. Uh, but here you are, and you and you wrote a book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, it just goes to show you when when you put your mind to whatever you want to accomplish, you can do it, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that dream is. Right. When did you have a dream for the book? Um, so I had a dream for the book. It was um, um, it's a running back from the wheelchair to NFL. I had this dream years and years ago. It's like maybe ten years ago. I said I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna tell people my story because there's always like this thing that I felt that. This story need to be told to some people because um, when you talk about dreaming, there's a lot of responsibility that come along with that. There's a lot of demands that come along with dreaming. There's a lot of um, visualization and, and order that comes along when you dream. 
You know what I mean? So, um, and and I said people need to know the story because I had a dream about something that came true. And so I started to write this book 10 years ago and I stopped. Okay. And then I started again, like a couple years after that, I started writing and then I stopped. And I'm like, you know what I mean? So not that I stopped because I said it got too hard. So I just stopped because of the fact that, you know, just not knowing where to go with it. And then, so it was November, 2016. I made a new year's resolution to myself because I have a master's degree right now. Yep. And even though I had a master's degree, I had a master's degree in 15, I got my master's degree. But even though I had a master's degree, I never read a book from cover to cover. Okay. You know what I mean? I just never had the patience or time to sit there and read the book from cover to cover in all my life. That's, I mean, ever. And saying, so I made a New Year's resolution for myself in November 2016. So I say, January 2017, I'm going to read a book from cover to cover. So. January 1st, 2017, I started reading the uh, first book from cover to cover. I read it. I finished that book. Read my second book. Finished that book. Read my third book. Finished that book. And then after I finished my third book, I said, I'm about to write a book. And I sat down that day when I decided to write it, and I didn't stop until I finished it. Okay. And, I was, and, I, and I started writing this thing, and then it, it was night and day. Something came over me. Just like the same time, the same as when I was trying to learn how to walk again. When I was trying to learn how to walk. Um, I would get up three, four o'clock in the morning, um, whatever, two o'clock, whatever the time is, I get up and start practicing because I wanted to get, I wanted to get there. And the same thing with this book, I'll pop up in the middle of the night and put a computer out and start typing. Or, um, I'm saying I'm at the kitchen table eating, you know what I mean? It's like, it took over me for a while. Um, but the thing is that it was almost the same same thing. My wife would wake up two o'clock in the morning, whatever, look at me like I was crazy, like what you doing? You know, I said, man, I'm writing this thing, man. So it was something that took over me, and I just had a passion to do it, and I I got it and completed it. How does it make you feel that you could hold that book? It makes me feel good, and I and I still look at it sometimes, and I still still believe. I know my name, a picture, I know all this stuff. Um, the time I took writing it, and I read, I still read the pages, and I still I still cry. And some of the pages I read, because when I'm typing this thing sometimes, when I was typing it, I was typing different parts of it, and I'm just crying. I'm, I mean, tears are flowing, but words are flowing. The pages are being filled up. I'm just crying. I mean, and because of the fact that it, the memories start coming back, unlock some, open some doors up. You know what I mean? The pain I was in, the the struggles I did, the, the times I that I, I tried so hard and, and kept failing. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I know I told you that I... I tried and I failed. I tried and I failed, but just the trying and falling and hurting and it's like you trying to get, put a kid on a bike and, and you put a kid on a bike and you don't practice in the grass. You practice on the blacktop. You know what I mean? And that and I just kept falling and just kept falling and kept falling, and that was painful because I was like I really wanted to get to where I wanted to be, and I didn't understand like why my legs don't work, why I can't do this, why why I have the desire to, to accomplish something, but I can't. I mean, it's right there in front of you, but I can't reach it. You know, they're walking. They got, they, I mean, so the, so that's, that's basically what kind of took over me. When I started writing this book, it was um, every night and day. And I, and I mean, I'm not a writer. I don't like reading. I didn't like reading. Um, and I, and I struggle with the, still, still today, I had to learn different, learn differently from anybody else to even get through high school, let alone get through college. I had to learn differently, so and you know I me, mean? so it's still things I struggle with. Um, so I have to work harder at it, right? And um, and that's that's basically what it was with this book. Amazing. Well, so here you are, a football player, some of the toughest people on earth, mm -hmm. 
And thank you. <laughs> but you're not afraid to be vulnerable, right? You're no. you're here talking about your your experience, and um, a lot of people are. A lot of people put up that that guard. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to be too vulnerable to, to maybe let people see the, that side of them. Mm-hmm. Um, have you always been that way? Um, you know what? It, it's I think it was what it is. I think I always. I was always in a, a battle to prove myself. I was always prove myself, and you know what I mean. So, I was always in a position that I that I I mean I couldn't put my guard put my guard up. You know what I mean. I had to put my guard down to let let people see my passion, to see my the what I was what I was really re- re- ready to distribute out or what I was um, you know what I was capable of doing. So it's like I I always had my you know what I mean I always had my guard guard down and um and. You know, it was something that was, I mean, I didn't want to block none of my feelings and stuff like that because, you know, um, I did, I mean, I did hurt a long time ago. Like I said, I, when I say, when I say I block my feelings, I mean, if I'm hurt in a point that I don't want to be hurt to feel defeated, you know what I mean? I want to be hurt to feel defeated. You know what I mean? That's something that another thing I recommend to my mother for, for letting me know that, you know, you can be hurt, but don't be defeated. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So, um. So I, I, I would like to, if it opened up to help somebody else, like if I, if I hold back to give you or whoever what I can give, offer them, I, I'm not helping anybody. I'm not being a service to anybody. And I'm saying if something bothers me, I got to let it know it bothers me. But I'm saying, but the thing is, I'm not going to let it destroy me. I'm not going to let it take over me. So my mission is not to hide who I am is to show you who I am and show you how, how can I be a service to you and how I can help you and help whoever. And that's, that's basically what the book kind of tells. And when I go do speaking engagement, that's kind of what basically what I, what I do is, I mean, my, my job, I think my job and my mission is to make sure people, um, get the best of me, get all of me. And, um, and if I have a stone that's unturned, I want to unturn that stone that I'm saying to make sure nobody's left out. Wow. Yeah. And where does your service, being of service mentality come from? Do you do you give credit to your mom? Where where, where does that come from? Um, Have you always I, been like that? I I just always I always been the guy. Um, you know they, they say the thing is that they call me uh, the I used to be the the bully beater upper. I don't know if that's a name that I made up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So nobody bullied anybody around me. Uh, I didn't. I wouldn't stand for it. What would you do? I would I would make sure I stop that and let that bully know that. There's no, there's no place for you. You're not gonna do that around me. Um, so I would step in. Would I would step, step in. in. I would step in. I mean, I, it was just, it was just. I ain't beat the bullies out. You know what I mean? But I used to stop the action. Stop what was going on. You um, weren't afraid to step in. I wasn't afraid to step in. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't afraid. Whether someone um, was being called names or wh- whatever it was, you would step in. What, it was, they was being called names. They was being pushed around. They was being talked about. I never, I never felt comfortable with somebody's being being put down or putting getting getting having something taken away from them when I was around. You know what I mean? It's something that I never 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 felt comfortable with and I always stepped in to try to help out. And you know, you always knew the people that that, you know what I mean, that was kinda, you know, stand off stand or people that was um not aggressive or pushovers or whatever. Not almost had pushover but um passive aggressive or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So so you always knew those people that that struggle with that and you always knew the people that wanted to start trouble or looked for the action looked for attention you always knew i knew all those people and saying so 
whenever it went down. I know when, the, you know, if, 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 uh, alpha versus the alpha, that's one thing. But you know what I mean? If it's an alpha versus, you know, the somebody else, it's, um, uh, I, I knew and I, and I, and I, I kind of stopped the action. Like, you know, that's not happening. And that's just instinctful. That's how you've been for as long as you could remember. As long as I could remember, that's always been something, something made, you know, cause you know, the thing is that I got made fun of a lot cause I had scars on my legs. I wore pants. I could be 150 degrees outside. I got pants on to hide my scars. I walked with a limp. So I was considered handicapped or crippled or whatever. And um and then uh, after a while things changed man I became like you know I became somebody else I became something else and um and and then I was I was a people that I was a person that people wanted to be around you know what I mean people that wanted to model wanted to you know emulate so I became that person and it's, it, it ain't like I changed overnight it was just who I was but I was able to they was able to see that and I was able to show them yeah if nobody don't see you can be as tough as you want if nobody can see it you can't show them right. you, know, you can show them but they still can't. They might think it's a, you know, just like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey doing a, a serious mo role in a movie. Like, he's doing real serious. You know what I mean? You're a comedian. Come <laughs> right. on, man. You, you can't be serious. So, yeah. Um, what do you like in the gym? And what were you like when you were training? Mm -hmm. So, that's, that's a, when I'm in the gym, I leave nothing. I usually leave nothing on, behind. I usually leave everything in the gym. I go in there. I make sure that I complete my sets. I work myself to the bone. Actually, when I was in University of Louisville, I I brought a certain type of energy into the gym. Uh, uh, you, if you know anybody from the, you can research and contact anybody from the from '98 Louisville season and ask them who was the monster in the weight room. I got the guys going because I wanted my I I, I worked out to the to the point where I was going to make sure that. I'm going to get better at this. I'm not just going to go through the motions. I'm not just going to be in the gym talking. We we can talk after. Uh, I went in there. I do weight around. Um, and I made sure I did the right stuff. I did stuff properly. I made sure I did stuff that's going to help me improve. Um, took it very serious. I took it very very serious. I took it. I took it serious. And because that's what I've been. I've been doing all my life. I wasn't. Once I got to college, I was able to do it at a higher level. But I was always running hills. I was always pulling tires. I was always like doing pull-ups on the tree. You know what I mean? We didn't have a gym. We had, I had nature. So that's what I was doing. But I did it, I did it all the time. I did it at 19 years old. I was, I mean, I was, I was everywhere all the time. And the, the, the phrase that keeps coming to my mind is that it just seems like you were always being the light, right? You were being the example. Um, even though you went through some tough times uh after high school and to early college mm -hmm. um you came back right you didn't give up mm -hmm. and and then you got to louisville and you were the and you were the light it was like is that is that accurate yeah that's very accurate um so i was thinking about a title for my book the title of the book is called the running back right and so when somebody picked the book up, they look at this book, they all make it think it's a football book. Because, you know, a running back is a, is a football player. Yes. And uh, you see a football guy on here. I'm saying so, and you see NFL. So you'll think it's a football book. But basically what it is, it's, it's basically about running back to where you started. Now, I have, everybody have a dream. Everybody dream of something in their life. Everybody go through challenges. Everybody have dreams. But on that journey, what's going to happen on that journey, you're going to run the roadblocks. You're going to run to people telling you no. You're going to run to things not working out the way you planned it, the, thing, the way you dreamed it. Um, things are going to happen, and you're going to want to quit. So basically, the running back means don't quit. Run back to where the dream started and find out why you haven't had that dream in the first place and go on that journey again. 
But now when you go back on that journey, you're wiser, you're stronger, ah, you're smarter. Right. You know what I mean? So it's basically running back to where the dream started. That's great. That's the running back. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, so that's why and when you read the book, that's what you're going to get from it. You're going to get back, okay, that's that what arrow is. The arrow is you're going to run the roadblock. Something's going to happen. You're going to make you want to stop. But the only one going to make it to the top of that, so your dream starts here. Success is up here. You're going to go through all those different adversities and challenges, and what's going to happen is that you're going to want to quit. But as long as you have a destination, you'll, read it. you'll, you'll make it. Love it. Love it. Yep. Let's talk about resistance, because you, you, as you were explaining that, that's again, that's something uh, we all are faced with, is mm-hmm. resistance. It seems like the more you try to do good, the more you try to grow, the more you try to learn, that there's always some resistance, you know, coming from all different, and, and, it's, and it's challenging sometimes. It is. It is. Well, the thing is that you need a good support system. I, a good support system is is key, and um, you got to surround yourself with the right people, with with the the with the right resources, um, to because you're gonna run the adversity, and uh, and you every battle can't be fought alone. You know what I mean? Right. You can't be fighting every battle alone. Um, so you need that. And saying so, whenever you have a set a goal, something big. Whenever you plan something big in your life, whenever you have a a goal, whenever you want to do something good, you're gonna run through some kind of adversity. Um, so my goal was to go to the NFL. My goal was to, you know, I mean, to, to play at the highest level. Um, but I had to learn how to walk again. I had to, I had to um, uh, you know, graduate high school. And you know I mean, I couldn't read and write. I was in special ed classes. I, I couldn't read and write. So, um, and just, and just, whenever you dream big, big problems gonna happen. You gotta just know that once, once you dream big, big problems gonna happen. Yeah. And and you've overcome so much. Mm-hmm. You've overcome so much. So um, let's talk about um, uh, early on when you when when you talked about your mom uh, not wanting you to play, yeah, um, because you know you're just getting back. What do you think about with your own children? You have three boys. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to play football, do you, do you have concern, especially today with all the head injuries, concussions, things like that? Uh, is there concern there? Um, there's not much of concern there. I. I think they've done enough science, science, scientific research to help out the problems that that can occur, that would occur a long time ago. I think mm-hmm. that they they have made some adjustments with the game. A lot of people don't like how football is going. They actually hate it because they can't hit. There's no hit hard hitting. Guys got to be prepared to be hit, and you know what I mean. You got to wait for them to be prepared to hit them. It's just like the game is just changing, but it's a good thing because the, the ideal is to save some guys' lives. That you know what I mean that. You know that that's playing is playing a sport. It's entertainment, but it could be safe entertainment. So since the adjustments they're making, I'm not afraid of my boys playing the game. Uh, actually, all my boys played last year. Um, my five year old played tiny mites, and my middle mighty mites, and I coached my son in Pee Wee. So all my boys play the game, and and I'm not teaching the right way to play. You know, you know, just I mean, don't use your head. It is dangerous to lead with your head down and. And and you know not hit a hit a person when they're you know when they're not looking and which actually with your head down because you can go to the track record you can re- research back uh, guys that are paralyzed guys that are I mean that that did harm to themselves because their brain was just all, all out of whack or guys that lose control of their mobilities their muscles muscles don't work anymore or they just can't think straight or they on pain painkillers or you know I mean and become something else so. 
you go back to the history, the what they're doing for football is actually pretty good. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm happy. My boys are playing. Are in the sport. You know what I mean? They have no. Have no choice. <laughs> no, that's good. And I, I've never heard it put that way. That the changes that they're making are good for the sport mm-hmm. long term. Yeah. Even for these, for, for the little guys. For little guys. And I'm. And I'm. And I'm a. I'm a big believer in. Uh, in and longevity and health. Okay. Great. Yep. So you, you mentioned your logo. Mm-hmm. I love that logo. Let's talk about branding. Um, here you are, you have so much going on in your life. You, you wrote a book, you have, you know, clothing line going on. Um, you have a, a, a gym. Is that where you're? Yeah. So we partner with Great Lakes Athletics. It's okay. an, um, it's a gym in, in Volney in Fulton, New York, uh, seven Silk Road in Fulton. It's, um, it's a fitness center. It's a gym slash fitness center slash karate place slash gymnastics. So, uh, indoor batting cages. So we have a it's, a, it's a fitness center that I still train at. Like when I talk about my passion and my service, I enjoy training people now to help them to get to their highest level. Because one thing about it, sometimes people want something. They can't, they don't know how to get there. Right. You know what I mean? So um, we want to be successful in a game. So maybe a little more ex- exercise and a little more of this, a little more of that. Person want to lose weight. You know what I mean? Maybe a little less of this, a little less of that. You know what I mean? Or a little more of this. Can help you get there. So I have a passion of that too. So yeah, fitness center. So you like helping people. I like helping people. Yeah, I like helping people. What's next for you? Uh, you? You wrote the book. What can we expect from you in in the future? Yeah. Well, so um, my my goal is uh, right now um, traveling, uh, doing speaking engagements. So I speak at um, you know high school, colleges, offices. I, I mean, I, um, so. Uh, Definitely increase my speaking um, platform, um, and also the running back is has been um, in conversation of becoming a movie. Oh, um, so this is a this right here is uh, is actually something that is being scripted now, and uh, and so hopefully in a few years we'll see it on the big screen, and uh, that's another dream that I had uh, of me watching the movie and on the um, from the in the in the, in the theater watching the, watching the show come on. And the first, actually, the first part of the dream that I had of the opening scene of the movie, I actually told a scriptwriter about it, and they they love it. And I'm like, it's crazy, right? So, um, my my mission and passion is for my story to travel around the world, regardless of where every part of the country that can understand this right here. I want them to be able to get a hold of this book and and learn something from it because it has some lessons in it, it has some gems in it. But it has things that, you know what I mean, it's not, everybody goes through this thing. Everybody has a dream. Everybody has setbacks. Everybody want to quit. You know what I mean? Nobody is is deceptible from that, those things. Everybody dreaming, everybody want to quit. It's it's something we need, something more we need. Like you said, the resistance. There's Mm going to be, the bigger you dream, the harder it's going to be. Like I said, more money, more problems. The bigger you dream, the bigger the, the letdowns. Uh, I mean, there's more there's more failures than there are successes. It depends on who stays in the fight, um, who has that, who has the, the the more the more grit, who has a destination. Because the thing is that if you can't see where you're going, you can't get there. And saying so, it all comes down to who has that the consistent consistency to see it through. Because it's gonna adversity is going to come. You got to, and that's one thing about this right here, is um, this give you a little. A little glimpse of what's to happen once you dream. 
This is where you're going to go. It's not going to be here to there. It's going to go here. It's going to go there. It's going to go there. It's going to go there. But eventually, it's going to get where you want to be. And, and it sounds like the book is really to inspire, to yes. inspire people. Mm -hmm. um, wow. This has been a great, great conversation. I've learned a lot today. Well. Um, how active are you on social media and promoting your brand? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I am. Um, I'm on. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and so I post all the time. I, I post little quotes every time, every now and then. I post um, little poems. I do little poems, like inspirational poems. I do like Bible verses, um, and then anything we have coming out new or a place of a be, I, I like to promote it. Uh, you know, thoroughly, just, a, just so you know, try to get as many people involved, um, or just uh, if they can't go, have, let somebody else know um, that could, that they, they can help them. And you know, just I try to I try to brand as much as I can to get my to get the stuff out there because I think it's good stuff. You know what I mean? And and what I've heard, people think it's good stuff as well. And when you believe in something, right? It's I could just see it in your eyes mm -hmm. that you believe in what you're doing mm -hmm. because you want to help others. I want to want to yeah. So the thing is that it's believing that, and I always have this talk. I say you're not gonna just dream it and believe it. You're gonna dream it, believe it, and work. Yes. You got to work. You have to put in the work. Got to put in the work, man. You got to put in the work. Because um, mm. the, thing, the thing, the funny thing about dream and, you know, even passion, it'll come and excite you. It'll spark you up. It'll get you this nice, big, pretty picture. And then it'll take off. It'll take off running. You know what I mean? So you got to go pursue it. You got to chase your dream. In case in point was your book. You yep. started, you stopped. Yep. You started, you stopped. Yep. But you had that vision. Had a vision. And then you... Then you made sure that you, you, you saw it through. I saw it through, yeah. and like, and the thing is that, like I said, I had the dream of being this big superstar in the NFL. It didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. But I made it to that destination because it might not have been for me. It's something lessons I learned along the way that built me now or built me then to to help other people. Um, I like to use a Martin Luther King quote, that Martin Luther King speech, and it says, "I, I had a dream." You know what I mean? And the, 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 what I get out of that speech you said, the part that really resonated me, to me the most is that he said, I might not get there with you. He said, I had a dream. Mm -hmm. I might not get there with you. But I saw this, this, this promised land. I saw this kids doing this and that. But it, he's saying that he might not get there with you. He didn't dream for him. He dreamed for us. You know, his dream was for, for us. And so that right, that's why I say that's why I always have to look at that at my, my life. That I dreamed to go to the NFL and I went there. I made it there. I mean, I got a name there. I'm I'm a president. I'm the president of the NFL Alumni Association now. I'm still helping kids. I'm still helping with the NFL. I'm still working with the NFL to help kids around the country. And um, so the dream might dream happen, but it, it it probably happened for other people. Yeah, it happened for me too. And again, that I you know I've heard the quote a million times, Dr. Martin Luther King. But I never heard it put that way. I never yeah. thought of it that way. Yeah. And you're right. Yep. The dream, even our dreams, could be for other people. Mm -hmm. And that's where that service comes in that, that, that you talk about, being of service uh, to others. Right. And that's why we're all here at the end of the day, right? That's why we're here, man. That's why we're here. The most, <laughs> let me say, I, I actually said this quote to somebody coming up, just coming up. I said, uh, uh, driving here, I said it to somebody. And it came out of, out of nowhere. I said, uh, um, the, the life... The um the more joys in life coming come from giving. Wait a second, no, I said it was something along that line. The more joys in life come from giving. Isn't that relation? But uh, 
I would just I just said it to somebody because they say, yeah, Leroy, you can do a charity because my clothing line we're gonna we're gonna do a, a a charity giveaway for the clothing line. So with anything sold goes some part with a charity. And I said, uh, uh, growth. I said growth. I said true growth come from giving. Yes, that's what I said. True growth come from giving. So when you start giving, you know you're growing. Yeah, and you're able to give. You're growing. So. Yeah, and I don't think you could really appreciate or understand growth until you give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to, you got to. And you hear all these stories, but the more you give, the more that comes back. It's like a law of life. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's inflexible. Mm-hmm. Wow, absolutely. Well, this has been great. Um, I have a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been gracious with your time. So I had one. Last question about dreaming. And do you ever think about manifesting, like being able to manifest something? So when you talked about being a little kid, wanting to play in the NFL, to me, I say that as you you manifested that. You made that happen. Mm-hmm. You, you overcame all the odds. Mm-hmm. Um, you manifested this book. I see you in the midst of manifesting a movie. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Do you look at it that way? I absolutely do. I if you believe hard enough, that's the thing. You got to believe hard enough. You got to work hard enough. You got to dream hard enough. You got you got and you got to stay consistent long enough to make it come come through. So everything has a birthing place. It starts off. Everything has a starting point, and everything has, everything has a destination. Everything. So the thing is that that thing that you dream that you see in your head. You say like a kid person that say they want to be a doctor. And they go to school. As a doctor, I mean, go to in high school. They say I'm gonna be a doctor in high school. The being a doctor is 14 years away from when they said that. They're gonna go through this journey, and they have to do the pro- work, the proper steps to get to that point. They have to go to school. They have to do the residency. They have to do all these different things to become a doctor. And so, and so they manif- even though it's something they planned out and they and they worked towards, they manifest that made it happen. They made that happen. It's the connections, and I use dream as this. These this acronym I use it, um, I use this in all in a lot of my speeches and what I talk about. I use the D in dream. I use uh, determination. Uh, you got to be determined, and when in that, in that in whatever you do, when that dream comes, you got to be determined to make that thing come come to life. Responsibility. Are you going to be responsible for whatever dream come to you? You're going to be responsible for that. That dream was given to you for a reason to bring it to life. And, and like I said, it might not be for you. It might be for somebody else. But you're responsible for that dream that's given to you. Have effort. You got to be effort behind that dream. If you don't have effort, if you don't show effort, you can't just go 150%. 50% is going to give you 50%. Okay? Action. Every morning, you got to take action on it. Whatever it is, you're making the phone calls, um, working out, um, eating healthy, whatever it is. Management. You have to manage your time. You have to be able to manage everything that you do it's, that's related to that dream. You can't pile yourself up with a hundred different things. You can't manage anything. You can't be in your cell phone five hours out of the day, and you know what I mean, and you needed that five hours for something else. And sacrifice. You gotta cut certain things out of your life. You gotta be able to, to say no to certain things. You gotta turn. You gotta walk away from some people because some people can't. Some people is not. Some some people, some people are not allowed to be in your dream future. Called dream future. They're not allowed. Some people are not allowed to be there. So sometimes you gotta cut the negative out your life. You gotta cut. You won't lose weight. You gotta cut the sugar out your life. Uh, you gotta you know. So you gotta sacrifice. So I use those right there in a big bundle to say like. This is what dreams is. This is what you want. This is what dreams is going to happen if you do this. 
a lot of us can't make it because it's those things that we need to to bring to life. And saying so, yeah, you can manifest it. You can make it happen. You just got to dream it and believe it and work. Wow. You're wise. You're wise beyond your years. I think about um, any any dream as being the length of a football field, right? So say you're starting from one end zone to the other, mm -hmm. your idea to your target. Some people give up on the 10-yard line, 20-yard line, 30, 40, 50. Some people get to right before the goal line yeah. and quit. Ooh, I'm going to use that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you have to you have to go from end zone to end zone. Mm -hmm. And most of us have given up on many of our dreams. Right. But we put in a lot of work or we didn't work. put in much work. It, you know, but the 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 field shows the effort. That's yeah. the effort. Definitely. And what a great feeling it is to cross that goal line. It is. No matter what the dream is. Yep. I I took a picture when I finished writing this book. I took a picture and I just said, I mean, I, there was just a manuscript, just a, just a paper. And I took a picture and that thing, and, and I smiled in the camera and I said, I got this thing done. I got this thing done. And it was like, just, I'm sitting there looking at this, like, I'm like, even though I've been writing it all this time, and it was even nice that I, I fell asleep writing it, and I had like 35 pages of E. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had E, just like 35 pages. I'm like, oh, shoot. They had to erase everything. I sat down and got this thing done. I'm like, I was like, wow, I say. I did it. And then when their first copy came in the mail, I looked at it. I looked at my wife and I just said, babe, I can't believe I did it. This was a kid. I was in special ed classes. I was unable to read and write. Oh, that's wonderful. I wasn't able to read and write. You know what I mean? I had, yeah. I had brain trauma. I had learning disabilities throughout my life. Yeah. And I had to learn different from anybody else. I wrote a book and it's a very good book. It's a very, very good book. It's, I mean, it, it tells life lessons. But the fact is that it is it, written and draws you in and make you see what I see. And, and you actually, you don't want to, but go what I go through and see like, wow, I've been there. I can't wait to read it. I cannot wait to read it. Leroy, this has been awesome. I feel like I met a new friend today. Absolutely. Uh, I see great things in your future uh, for you and your family. Um, you talked earlier about when you had that little bit of trouble after mm -hmm. junior college. Yeah. And I always like to ask this question. If you were to pull out your cell phone right now mm -hmm. and call that, I don't know, maybe 19, 20-year-old Leroy that was messing up, mm -hmm. what would you tell him? <clears throat> I would tell him, well, Leroy, you had a dream to do something. You're doing things that you were not raised to do, things you have no idea what's on the other side if you continue down this path. Turn away right now. Get yourself, get your head back on your shoulders. Leave the drugs alone. Walk away from the friends that that introduce you to that way of life, and go back on a go back on a journey that you that you was on. Get back on that path that you was on, um, and get where your dream is at. Get where your dream is wow. supposed to be. Yep. So that's what I would tell myself that that walk away from those people, and put those things down, and because um, you weren't raised like that, and that's not you. It's not you. Powerful. So, powerful. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I want my legacy to be that Leroy had passion. Leroy cared. Uh, Leroy was sincere. Um, he gave us everything. He gave, he gave himself to us. Um, he allowed me, Leroy allowed me to see. Leroy allowed me to do. Leroy helped me 
go through this. Leroy helped me with that. So when somebody mentioned my name and anything, it was like, yeah, I did that. I started that. I did that because of Leroy. I I made that phone call because of Leroy. I got this thing done because of Leroy. You know what I mean? So I wanted to know so they want people to know that you know Leroy cared and um and he and he he gave himself to us. Awesome. Yep. Leroy Collins, you are a class act. Congratulations yep. on the book. Thank you very much. We're gonna appreciate stay in touch and uh welcome to the American Real Family. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, sir. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. And speaking of podcasting, our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me and podcast your passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting, where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.